0: The what? what the hell?
1: What the How did he do that? What? The? How did you do that? When did you do that? What the hell's going on? Out here? What the F's going
0: on? Out here? <laughs> it's a lot of
1: fun. Keep it fine. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the UK (laughs) Packers podcast. As usual, I'm your host. That's the Diddy (laughs) NFL. That's the Diddy. And I See, I think, is it the pause, Tharrell? Do you think that puts people off, maybe? Or? (laughs) I
0: don't know. If you were to change it now, you'd lose everyone. Yeah. You'd lose everyone. It's a bit like when you go to a concert and the guy doesn't sing the song the way it's on the CD and he just improvises. Bono's always doing it. Like, just, Mm. we're there to sing with you, mate. We don't want to hear you improvising on your own songs. So don't change stuff. Don't change yeah. stuff.
1: Do you know what though? The only singer I've heard that's done that that actually sings it better than the studio version is Alan Stone and so much so and I think he gets that feedback all the time that he's releasing the same songs but he's doing like his more popular songs but singing them in that live version and putting in all those ad libs. So like talk yeah. about a guy who's sort of in tune with his fans. Come here, do you know what I did today? And I know you'll appreciate this. Um, I bought my first fountain pen since now it's cheapest chips it was like a parker Jotter. it's not that sort of fancy I'm not spending 1400 quid but dear god man and I know you collect pens which is you know I don't I know do. if you wanted that out there but you know like dear god is the, is the writing not just instantly better with a fountain pen
0: oh I think it is I think Amazing. it is I mean I write I write like a doctor until um, actually they must do a course on that mm. as to how to write things that are indecipherable to everybody except the pharmacist Yeah. But anyway I, I write like a cat I write like a cat scroll without my fountain pen
1: it's amazing do you, and do, do you remember we used to have when
0: we were kids well you used to have
1: it was the old timey old old timey one where it was just like a it yeah. was a piece of like wood with a nib yeah and then you just dip it in that the was our in
0: grandfather's was it really well yeah. it was my grandfather's I don't know whose grandfather you oh. is because you know you're yeah, the milkman
1: um, so look anyway like we should probably get into the game but god damn it um, it was 13 quid or something I got it and they give you a black and a blue ink it's just like how many pens do you have now because you've got a problem with pens the same as rich people have problems with cars 40
0: what 40 something
1: like we're a whore for the stationery that was always our favourite part yeah I
0: see I made friends with a few guys in school that their mother you remember used to work for one of those um, medical supply people and so everyone coming to like flog her stuff would be dropping off pens for Prozac you know, and like Viagra. With and the logo of the drugs on them. Yeah, basically. Yeah. And uh, But some of them are really cool because they used to have, like, you know, you remember pointer sticks back in the day when you'd pull out, yeah, yeah. it looks like a, a an old radio aerial, but that would come yeah. out of the top. And they used to do some fancy stuff. I was obsessed. I was cool, actually. Nerd,
1: nerd Alert. Nerd Alert. There was, um, which is hard to say. Uh, the, the nerd Alert. Steelers! um, th- th- Another win, Daryl. We can't really complain, or can we? But um, have you got anything to... No. I mean, where, where's your head at? Where's your head at with this game? I've got I've got copious notes written in Fountain Pen ink, mostly because... Ah, good man. <laughs> so have I,
0: weirdly enough. Can you see this? Can you see this? Can you see this on the camera? Do you know, see it there? What do you think? You like that? Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. No, but the,
1: my problem is, is that I didn't want to write my notes out all time in Fountain Pen like Charles Dickens, writing great Expectations. but... Uh, what
0: the yeah, dickens? Not... What the F?
1: But um, it was simply my... um computer notes on the Mac uh, it wouldn't work <laughs> so
0: how about that action let's bring it back to Macs the 1800s Macs are silly Macs are silly and uh, get yourself a Windows machine that's just the way it is Windows 11 came out yesterday or today or something like that get your hands on one of them I'd Stay like away to. from this Mac nonsense. I'd like to, but all
1: of my editing software for everything is based on Mac computers. It's annoying. I've Do you know what's really myself. crazy is that cool. we,
0: we're talking about the Steelers' win here, but we're not talking about the Steelers' win. Why? Because it was the most relaxing win this season so far, considering, you know, we haven't had an awful lot of season yet. But it was the one game where I actually did allow myself to, you know, look at my phone, uh, look at what's happening in the Twitterverse, all that sort of stuff, because let's face it, uh, now, and we'll get to this later on, I'd imagine... But at no point during the four quarters, barring you know, the middle of the fourth, did I think that we were in any danger in this game. Mm. Um, because I've heard the t- the phrase, dumpster fire, being used for uh, the poor Steelers' offense. But we just call it a shit show on this side of the world. Mm. Um, because it was all over the place. And I kind of felt sorry for Big Ben at the beginning. But then at the end of it, I just went, dear God. Like, do you remember when Aaron Rodgers, way back in the sands of time, was complaining about having the right people around him and, you know, he threw his toys out of the pram a little bit there. Mm. Uh, Poor El, you you wouldn't blame Big Ben if he was the one throwing his toys out of the pram. Now, I get it. He's a big tree and he's about 106, but even I did feel sorry for him. Nothing was working for him. Poor El Juju had lost his mojo. It was all over the place.
1: (laughs) Juju and mojo lovely uh, yeah it was odd though like I I have in my notes and I tweeted out from the group account on the night like Big Ben was our best player on defence because yeah. you know that was my fear going in because uh, that was the analysis of Big Ben that you know receivers were getting open he just wasn't hitting them um, yeah. and with a quarterback like him you'd expect okay is it arm talent Is you know what is it Um, but it looks like at least, he's probably hit that cliff now maybe that's premature because as you said you know it's early in the season because I see people uh, writing into the inbox and to match nice Man, asking them like, hey, is it man. concerning that the wins that we've got this season are against losing teams, teams with a losing record? And you are like, okay, pal, like it's a bit early in the season to be uh, saying. It's anything really about a, losing a bit early, record, you know.
0: But but you've got to look at all of the the stats before anyone, before the games turned out the way they were. If you were, we were always saying before the season started that this was going to be a tough beginning to the season. Mm. You know, we were going to be faced with the 49ers and then the Steelers, who were no pushovers. Uh, so it's one of those things of, and a lot of what I've seen as well, in a lot of the comments, people are saying, oh, isn't it? Would you prefer to be lucky? than good and i'm going whoa 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 steady on there now good teams tend to make their own look yes it does help that big ben was firing them left right and center and hitting no one but that's not all to be fair that's not all his fault so we put them under an awful lot of pressure and in that in that vein i think we can create our own luck on that one you put pressure and let's face it big ben was under pressure all over the place although what i did notice as the game went on the Packers were kind of afraid to pressurize him in case he would actually make him do something decent so what I noticed towards the end is whilst we <laughs> gave him hell and especially hmm. like Kenny Clark was just harrying him all night he was having a great day but what I, what I will say is eventually towards the end of the game they actually just left Big Ben alone because they kind of went no no don't he's he's imploding over there all by he's himself ready already just dead don't, don't go near him yeah don't go near him yeah. nothing I mean I felt sorry for him but I, I felt sorry for well do I feel sorry uh, Matt Canada is surely under serious pressure now because that offense is a disaster and whilst their their D um, you know is not so bad their yeah. offense is woeful
1: yeah yeah but that's the thing I mean look there's my sort of takeaways from a game like this is, is that it's usually a game that you're going in that the Steelers are in turmoil you know Matt Canada is going to be sent to Canada Big Ben has fell off a cliff like get someone else in there um, you know TJ Watt then comes back from injury like there's an awful lot of moving parts with the Steelers team Um, when you look at sort of like you look at TJ Watt and say well is he going to be as dominant as they want him to be because he's only coming back from injury is he fully healthy yada yada right and you look at that game and the Packers have unfortunately been very guilty of this uh, in recent like kind of on the mat the floor I guess is going into the hard games and really giving it a good old college try and coming out with the win. But in games like this, they go into autopilot and they're not up for it. Like, you know, usually that's out in Cali. But sometimes they do it against like, you know, bad opponents or whatever. The Saints, particularly in this season, which now looks like more and more like an outlier. Now, I think they need to still create that distance, but it's looking promising. But there are like... When you look at this game and you look at players like TJ Watt, I mean, he was an absolute nuisance. And if you look at some of the I defensive was. players that they've had to come up against this season, uh, they've also been a nuisance. But this O-line has held up really well. Rogers even commented to say, look, if you told me we had this amount of wins with that amount of people out, because D-back was known, Elton Jenkins was mm-hmm. not. And now look at the other players that are out. I know we're going to talk about Jair a little no, bit we'll later. But Jair Alexander's yeah. out, MVS is out, Z Smith is out. Uh, Chris Barnes is out. Kevin King is out. Dominique Daphne Now you might look at those and have a you now Dominique Lafney right? When you look at uh, you know Kevin King and, uh-huh. and Dominique Daphne wait um, off the top of the top. But does uh, some of those really integral parts there? Like D back, you know, we built a o line around them. Uh, Jenkins the same. MVS was a massive part. Uh, before he left you know when Rogers was talking about who does things on and off the field MVS was one of those we, th- we don't have him now mm. um, and then yeah. of course you look at Jair and all like, and, and then Z Smith like when we talk about the pass rush and I heard I think it was Matt Schneidman said the phrase you know they're going to keep using Rasha and Gary and Preston Smith till the wheels I'm fall sorry. off
0: I'm sorry did you, did you just say Schneidman without any add-ons <laughs>
1: Um, do, you do, you
0: li- do you think he listens do you think he listens
1: but look yeah. uh, Big Ben on the day Daryl but look, like, and again as I say right so this is a game that the Packers would usually sort of sleepwalk and then you know something bad had happened. that's always the fear um, but if you mm. look at the players they had like I mean we shut down TJ Watt to a degree as much as he can because he is yeah. one of those people that's a game
0: Billy Turner yeah. and shout out to Billy Turner he did an awful lot but it's very hard to stop someone like TJ Watt he's that type of talent but Billy Turner fronted up did a good job
1: Yep, you only contain them. and then you look at the receivers: Juju yeah. Smith when he's not TikTok, and is, is quite good. James Washington, oh, Deontay Johnson, and Najee Harris. There, here's one thing that strikes me, and this is kind of just an overall analysis. When like Najee Harris is a guy who, you know, two years ago for the Packers would have absolutely decimated us, Mostert mm. style, uh, with the Niners. You know, this is a super talented kid, and he would have absolutely laid waste to our defense, but. Just on an overall basis, I don't really remember any defensive farts to the extent of, you know, that we got ran all over. We got a massive chunk play given up and we're like, oh, Jesus, here we go. You know, we have to contain this. There wasn't anything too surprising on the defensive side of the ball. So it looks like the defense is fronting up as well and sort of, you know, mm. doing their part. It's it's not in any way perfect. I saw a Twitter um thread on Ty summers and it was really a depressing watch like i don't want to pile on the guy because you know at the same time we're looking at that criticism video we're not going into the good plays that he pulled out um but again darrell it was really bad channon sullivan uh, you know missing tackles now with jair out it's all very concerning but before we get into that i suppose let's just uh, keep focusing on the steelers here i mean We got the job done and another high enough score, Daryl, when you look at it. I mean, the Saints was an anomaly, let's hopefully call it. But then you look at the scores after that 35-17 win... 30-28 Thirty twenty eight against the Niners win and now twenty seven seventeen. So the offense is getting the job done, even though Aaron Rodgers can be inaccurate at times.
0: Yeah, I'd agree with that. I mean, like any, I mean, looking at that, it's a ten point. You need to put that kind of a daylight on a team against the Steelers to allow yourself, and especially someone like the Steelers, when their offense is actually firing, we could have been in yeah. serious trouble. You know, had Big Ben landed a few of those, if Juju wasn't having an awful day, you need that extra time. Let's face it, against a team, you know, the Steelers before what we saw at the weekend, that would have been a team where they would have, you know, eyeballed a nice big chunk of daylight to say, right, these guys are not going to lie down and roll over. They're not going to want their bellies tickled, so we need to put daylight between them. And the offense got the job done. I completely agree against the defense. They started off a bit dodgy at the beginning, but again, no major... No major mess ups to a degree that we've almost forgotten what the biggest criticism of the Packers was last season. Mm. Was this defense is actually slowly creeping into gear, uh, and it's it seems to be paying off very well. Uh, again, it was an embarrassment to Riches in the sense of they did their game plan was obviously let's focus in on Jones, let's focus in on Devontae, and see what we can do. And then what happens? Cobb steps yeah. up. And then what, and what? else do we get? We get A.J. Dillon running down the channel. I mean, it's it was fantastic to see. But Randall Cobb, a third down machine, yeah. unbelievable. Yeah, stuff. I mean,
1: you know, there's there's a couple of things that sort of stand out to me on this whole narrative, right? And and it's again, it's it's that whole you know life advice of that it's not as good and not as bad as people think it is. I mean, the narrative out there with Cobb's lack of production and lack of targets there was the Mm. fact that oh here's Rogers playing GM how did that go for you and all this type of stuff and I understand that criticism because Cobb wasn't doing a whole lot and you look at him then and you look at some of the young lads that lost their place now I think it's warranted because anybody who's been around the team or studied the team for a wet week will remember Randall Cobb his dominance and his how he complements another number one wide receiver he was never the number one You know, we had Jordy Nelson in there and Randall Cobb used to feed off that in the slot. He's a slot expert. Now, you would imagine, you know, with age is that that sort of, you know, your likelihood of getting separation is not there. But the one thing that always stood out to me about Randall Cobb, uh, apart from his chemistry at Rodgers, is just his iron hands. The fact that this guy can catch anything that's thrown his way. And he did it four out of five of his catches were on third down. Uh, which is incredible now i do feel that and not to be a, a party pooper here and to to defecate all over the green bay garden but what i would say is that look that's obviously not sustainable you're not going to just go oh it's third down in maccabi you know and then like do that type of stuff but what i liked about this team and you hit the nail on the head there daryl is that they obviously try to double team and take away tay which is what seems to be everybody's thing and you have to because like god forbid you don't put two people on him because he counts five people marking him on most times and um, so if you don't take him away will then you're just inviting Rogers to go for him because that is his target it seems to me that in games where uh, you know they try take away our weapons we just come up with new ones even Bojo uh, you know the the punter I mean here's yeah. a guy who is fantastic at, at sort of oh, putting fantastic. the ball where he needs it to go Randall yeah. Cobb makes a step up AJ Dillon makes a step up like you say in place of Aaron Jones This is a team who's finding ways to win and doing what they're expected to do, which is a shame because, you know, they're not blowing the doors off people's expectations because there's always a high expectation there. But I don't think it could be downplayed just how good this team is strategically when they don't have their head uh, shoved firmly in the sand. Uh, Because I think that what ends up happening to this team is is when they get blinkered and go down by a heavy score. It's this inventiveness that is the Green Bay Packers and is the mat the floor way. And this is exactly, like, strangely is what they deviate from when they get into trouble. They step away from the run, which is, was so effective with A.J. Dillon against the Steelers. And they, they just keep on going from Rodgers to Tay. And it proved that when that wasn't possible in the Steelers game, that they're, they're not so much better without Doing that sort of, you know, consistently hitting on Devontae, but to prove that they have other weapons there and they use them to it, massive success.
0: Yeah, and I mean, and what this does as well for Rogers, and it's a it's a sweet moment for him considering, you know, he got some of it justly so uh, criticism he's after receiving, but his his call and getting Cobb back, he just vindicated him, saying, "I need these people around me because Cobb obviously knows him inside out. Rogers can find him anywhere, and as you say, Cobb can catch whatever's thrown at him." Um, but that in mind as well. When you look at, say, what we criticised at week one, where they all spoke about how many leaders were voted on, this kind of indicates that as well, because as we've just said, when one guy can't get space or can't do anything, another guy steps up, but there's the confidence mm. to do that, to step up. In the, so what Randall Cobb did, what AJ Dillon did, we actually see these guys stepping up in a way that that's what I was kind of hoping for. It isn't just the talking shop and, and the training field. This is actually something they've worked on and is working. It works for them. Also, big shout-out. Big shout-out to Tony Romo, who actually did, finally, for once, say that, uh, hey, maybe uh, Devontae is the greatest, you know, (laughs) in in the league at the minute. Now go, cheers. Cheers, Tony. Where have you been, mate? Yeah, we were were talking about a pre-prod. You weren't too fussed on the
1: Romo-Nance coverage, were you?
0: No i wasn't i wasn't no Now to be fair jim i've nothing to say about jim this time but i do about tony he found seven million different ways of not saying mm. that big ben was crap <laughs> oh you know he's he's you know miss he's not done as well as he normally he's uh he's he's not he's he's good he's you know come on tony just say it don't be so polite yeah Don't be so because none of the supporters are. None of the supporters sitting there going, He's having he's having an okay game, isn't he, Big Ben? I mean, come on. Tony, say it.
1: I like Tony so much and his his analysis, as we said, is fantastic. But I just wonder as well, is he swayed a little bit by the fact that some of these are going to be his mates, he was around them at the same time. Ah, And like he didn't really light it up at times himself. I mean the amount of plays I remember Romo getting absolutely pummeled on
0: well that's the other thing and that's what i was only laughing about when we were chatting about a pre-prod as well he's one of those guys that you know he's gonna have the brotherhood um and it's one of those things that as soon as he starts pointing the fingers there's gonna be 20 more at <laughs> game saying hey tony yeah. what what are you talking about Me you trying to say wrong you know, do you remember that game you know yeah. um
1: look i will say that this team uh, by design or by accident but i predict a little bit of both daryl it's a nice blend of you know this whole last dance thing. We've got Lafleur coming to town. We've got Rogers at that ripe space in his career that Lafleur kind of slotted in between him and the front office and became his like friendly mm-hmm. guy. You know his ally, I guess, and sort of to be like, oh well, you know, it's like um, what's isn't it a lethal weapon where he goes, oh the boss shouldn't bricks, so, oh man, you know, and they're they're talking about that and they're yeah. kind of dogging the the police chief. That's kind of what this sort of thing is. Also, the fact that Gudikons obviously has given them. Uh, the weaponry that they need to go to back-to-back NFC Championship games, but no one wants to admit it. And then Rodgers steps in and throws his toys out of the pram and brings in Cobb, and Cobb now performs. But there are two other massive performers, and I've alluded to one of them on the night, was Bojo, who he made that brave step mm. to get rid of, well, you can call it an obvious step, but J, get, get rid of J.K. Scott and bring in uh, Bojo. Um, which people people don't like to call him Bojo but I think make Bojo him and not the English Prime Minister who yeah not you really the other not artist. the other idiot but yeah. also Daryl Devondre yeah. Campbell I mean this is a guy who I said yeah, let's pump our brakes let's watch him develop and he is just stacking success here and I've been so impressed with him oh. because not only is he the top tackler at Daryl every single week he manages to tackle before the first down marker, which is something that we didn't have. Like yeah. we used to look at Blake Martinez and go, oh, "The amount he, he of t- he's, like
0: he's quick off the yeah, mark, isn't the he?" Top tackler
1: yeah, yeah. in the league, and then you think, "Yeah, he's the top tackler after they get the first down and they're eight yards down the yeah. field, and then
0: he makes the play." No disrespect to Blake Martinez, yeah, which really doesn't—it doesn't make it. Yeah, doesn't matter as much then, you know. That no. point. But Campbell has is something to stop it straight away, which means you know it's the same thing as you can be the last man back and make that tackle. But let's face it, if he's a yard away from the touchline. Care. Yeah,
1: but that and then you look at it right. So he's doing so many different things. He has a pass defense he has a quarterback hit, and uh, he's tackling in the open field against receivers. You know, so this is exactly the type of, of position person that we need in that slot because that was the whole thing about the cover two and Tampa 2 or like, oh, well, we're kind of screwed for inside linebackers. Um, now touch wood, nothing sort of injury wise goes on with Devondre because he has absolutely become an integral part. But here's my question, though. Um, it seems that the big impact players, AJ Dillon in the draft, uh, Devondre Campbell brought in a free agency, Bojo brought in a free agency and Randall Cobb given the okay and brought in a free agency. Is this not another example of Gutekunst bringing in the parts that he needs to bring in to have an impact? And are, do you think people are going to be reluctant to admit that, you know the bedeviled Goudacons for some reason in the in the press or in the fan base isn't given that credit yeah. that he deserves. I think he deserves it.
0: I don't think he's given that credit. I think he does deserve it. But I think what will happen is there's still those people sitting out there in the long grass that will not give him, will not doff their cap to him at all. Mm. And they'll wait for the wheels to come off the wagon. And we're going to get to Jair in a minute. But one of those things of they'll just wait there. They'll never give him the, the, you know, the, the kudos he's due. And as soon as anything happens with any of those players, go, oh, he's one of his... Yeah, you know, he brought him in. He's crap, and it goes to show you can't see true brick wall. But it's one of those things of what I like about Goody. And I've been thinking about this, and you've touched on it already. Is that you slot this guy into the position in in Packers that he's at. It actually binds everybody else because it's going to go. Oh, who who made the decision? I think Goody enjoys being the bad guy. Is what I'm getting at here. Mm. I think he enjoys the fact that he's making these calls that they're not terribly popular. But what it actually ends up doing is it binds everybody else to go. He's the he's the fall guy. He's in other words, it isn't the floor. It's the floor versus everybody and the team versus Goody. And it's one of those things of oh, we can only work what we have. And I actually think it in a way it helps to be the bogeyman in the organization that everything's heaped on him because he doesn't seem to care. Yeah. Uh, and it seems to work out quite well. I, I, it reminds me a little bit of, and I don't mean this in any disrespect to, to Gudekunst, but it's a bit like Man United and Woodward's situation. You know, he was always the, the guy that was being burnt at, you know, the outside stadiums mm. and all this sort of stuff. He was the fall guy and he enjoyed it. He didn't care. Um, now, we're talking about two completely different things here, but I'm just saying yeah, yeah. that it's it's that kind of person in an organisation that sometimes it's easy to, he, he'll basically say, I don't care, blame it all on me. Yeah. As long as we're getting success, I don't care.
1: And look, it's not ideal because it can create sort of, you know... fractious relationships in the building and outside the building and the media drum it up and I don't think for an instant that Gudekunst as you said I think he's happy to play the role now that he's in because that's why he's mm-hmm. been vilified that way but I also believe that it's part of a GM's job and he says it especially when it comes to the draft is that he has to make those decisions now I do think that with all the success that he's given them has he dropped the ball on the Aaron Rodgers situation and that will end up being his legacy so he can have surrounded Rodgers up to date um, and they haven't got the job done and everything else but really the most important part is putting the gas in the in the car and getting the car to go. And if you yep. go and scuttle yep. an MVP quarterback, so you
0: know, so well, move back then to what we're saying about poor Jair. Because I think this is where we're going to. Um, and we looked at the likes of um harris right harris was pretty much neutralized on the night and that was an awkward tackle and i'm no way thinking that harris is directly responsible for it it's just jair sort of hit him awkwardly but harris may have the last laugh coming down in a few weeks time because what have we what have we got left he's so very important to the defense uh we're not going to find out what till tomorrow um as to what exactly the situation is with him but how bad could this be that's my worry How bad losing Jair could be yeah. for the season. Um, but
1: that's the thing, and it could be for the season because we saw this report, and I retweeted from the group account because people were saying it was a broken collarbone. It turns out, I think it was Mike Garafolo broke it, that it was an AC joint, a sprained AC mm. joint. And a doctor came out and said, look, you know, it might not be as bad as people think. People can play through this type of thing. He made it sound like you pop a couple of salt, you in and out you go. Um, when it's, it, it's incredibly sore. And also there's different stages and different forms of AC joint um sprains, so you can have one that you can go out and play and all that kind of stuff. Now we did see a sort of a screenshot as to what you read into it. It's is kind of you know, Heat magazine nonsense. But he has a, a sort of a a sling on, which obviously <laughs> you'd expect. So people are like, oh, my God, he's got a sling on this pad, and you're like, oh, what was it going to be? He's not going to be going around doing you know helicopters and airplane movements around the goddamn dressing yeah. room. Um, but look, there are, I mean, it goes from, and this is what we really don't know, and this is why Matt Lafleur played dumb, I guess, on the presser to say oh, I have no idea I don't know what the status is and it probably means they're getting a second and third and fourth opinion to find out what's going on here Yeah, this is as bad as being able to walk out and play through pain with pain management or being out for the year and having having needing surgery immediately so we don't know what we have here yet it is a concern that they are for the defence isn't it because now I would say there yeah. was a couple of occasions and a couple of games that Jair was beaten for touchdowns, which was very uncharacteristic. Because I think before that he hadn't given up a touchdown for like it was literally years. Um whereas he had got beaten, oh, I would say it's not a criticism on him because there were great throws. Um but he's a good deterrent. His uh, you know, people won't throw at him the same way as they didn't against Richard Sherman and all that, which is a testament to him. So just the fact that he's not going to be out there, Darrell, means our defense is going to get tested more.
0: Yeah, but that's what annoys me about the whole thing is because the defense is sort of slowly, you know, moving into shape and it's one of those things of if, and let's face it, they've, Built these plans around the individuals that are there this isn't that that type of d isn't designed to just throw anyone into the position and they'll just do what they have to do it takes moments of skill and it's written around the types of a a jair type what it also annoys me is slightly is that it also takes other teams the way they would look at our defense is going to be slightly different now and they will target individual players and say well if jair isn't there this is who's likely to step in and they start doing tape on these guys and it's sort of those things of it takes away from the well, I hope it doesn't. I hope it doesn't take away from the way the D will actually work because I don't think we've seen it at its full capacity yet. Because as we've said, we've been carrying a few injuries there, mm. and this is the last thing we need. Again, it, as you say, it may be okay. This might be a second or third opinion. They might be saying, "Well, it's the difference between four weeks and six weeks." Or let's hopefully that's all it is. Um, but as we said, that type of injury isn't one that you can play through, especially not um, in a position that Jaiyer is going to be. No, playing. it's
1: a longer season. And to your point about you know you can't. This defense is really predicated on the personnel that they have it's built around the personnel that they have which is why we have seen our pass rush being largely ineffective. Now, Kingsley Kiki did a nice job. Mm-hmm. Um, Kenny Clark did a fantastic yeah, job, job and all. But, like, by and large, it's it hasn't been getting a whole lot of pressure on, especially against the Saints in that week one. But we can probably chalk that off to being mm-hmm. a, a misnomer, sort of an outlier. But, yeah, sure. Uh, Joe Barry came out and was talking about the defensive players and how you can't just bring someone in and train them up and get them out there. So this is definitely... And, of course, your DB room is centred around players like Gio Alexander. Yeah, the yeah. same where our O-line was centred around... Uh, David Bakhtiari but they sort of plugged the gap there they got Elton Jenkins over but then it became centred around Jenkins which is why it's such a miracle that the O-line is actually performing as it does so an absolutely massive yeah. loss Chris Barnes concussion out Kevin King likely going to come back but they had him penciled in for the slot now they're going to have to move people around there you know and Savage went out as well I think in the fourth quarter but they brought him back on so, so, bad. so, bad. so you don't know what's happening there either so there's only so many players at an all pro level Daryl that a team can suffer having injuries before the overall performance starts to lack because otherwise it just becomes voodoo magic (laughs) stuff to try sort of slot people in. Um, We still seem in a fairly good position, but as you say, I mean, starting a game without Jair and seeing how the other side's offence plan for that um, is completely different than trying to adjust on the
0: fly in the game. Um, so that's concerning there as well which well it'd just be a big pity wouldn't it it'd be a big pity because the likes of Joe Barry doesn't get to show the fruition of because I think it's starting to work you see you're starting to see signs of how this is clicking together and even with Jair not having a great game before you know up to that point they still didn't look under pressure what I don't want to get into again is and I know every team faces injuries but we're talking about the Packers here and it's one of those things of I don't want to have to say after every game whoa the D got through that because that's what we've been saying for the last two years I thought we'd gone almost beyond that now where we're actually saying things like Geez, the D were really good, weren't they? Yeah. As opposed to, well, you know, everyone's out of position. We got through that, there, didn't we? Or they exposed us there, and we only scram. I don't want to be scrambling anymore. I'm, you know, I was, I was almost beginning to enjoy the fact that we might have a fully functioning D. That's actually exciting to watch, as opposed to, you know, gripping the edge of your yeah, seat Yeah, because it's
1: different. I mean, we're still seeing mistakes, right? If you look at Stokes, for instance, he's been fantastic. He's come up with some splash plays, but that yeah. he didn't cover himself in glory in that last game. It's a pretty up and down, rookie. But it's what you expect from a rookie. Let me just put that out there. But yeah. you know, there's a couple of PI oh, yeah. calls. Some of them are bogus. There's like missed tackles, there's some bad positioning, there's like you know, guarding too far off, you know, all the stuff that can be fixed. But in the interim, you're looking at it going, you know, that's just what we have, I guess. And um, you can definitely see, like, you know, he came down with a game quashing interception, and that was great. So, very promising, daryl But again, some gaps there. But like you say on the defense, like it's top 10 defense on paper when you look at the stats. Actually, I think it's something mm-hmm. like six or something now. It's early in the season. You can look at the opposition that we went up against. You can look at a leaky O-line, which completely obliterates the game on offense for the opposing team because, as you said earlier, you get that pressure on. Well, then you start making dodgy throws and seeing ghosts and all that kind of stuff. So it's very hard to look into any of that. But on the, on the outset, when you look at the D for the minute, and maybe these bad opponents... Uh, you know, are kind of papering over some of that and and everything else and Rogers can afford to miss some easy throws because, you know, because like Mm. we easily left maybe two touchdowns on the board against the Steelers, you know, like this could have been easily up around the 40 uh, point marker but we're not doing it. But the defense, to me, from just overall uh, overarching looking at the game, no massive chunk plays uh, no massive brain farts and you can nearly put down the touchdowns to oh well you know that's fair you know they made a good play so that's fair when you look at that the junior Alexander I mean he's mm. fingertip stuff uh, and it's just a very well placed ball by Ben Roethlisberger so yeah as you say such a shame that it's kind of like okay it's not perfect it's not It's not bend or break though either. It's not one of these things where we just let them completely march down and almost wipe us out and then we give them field goals every single time. We do get the odd stop. We do get the Rashan Gary play where he pushes the player back and yeah, you know sacks him yeah. at the same time. I mean, that's just standout stuff. Uh, but we can't de- be depending either there can we that each week that we have to have these massive explosive plays all the time. And when we come up against you know a good offensive front uh, is that we're kind of, you know, we get gassed then and completely ran all over and thrown all over. Um, but overall, I would say overarching, you know, pretty impressive stuff there. Let's say we left points out on the board and we're still knocking around the 30 points mark and, you know, doing them by 10 points. As you said, also being a comfortable game take it every week
0: oh every week i mean you know you can throw a little few heartbreakers in there in the middle as in you know heart stopping moments because that's what makes the sport amazing to look at but let's face it that was that was what i was hoping to see um and there's definitely more positives and negatives there and, and on and the final point just on the d and you've covered it already but just to reiterate you look at and we were sitting what at six at the minute now that was two years ago people would say that's because everyone else is crap yeah um, i don't even think the people sitting in the long grass can actually say that now i think it's a case of and let's just. Let's hope this continues, but it's one of those things of it's not as leaky as a sieve anymore. They're well drilled. They know what they're doing. And it actually looks promising. Yeah, I
1: mean, the fundamentals to me looked good apart from that game where there was some obvious like, completely blown stuff, but the yeah. fundamentals look great. And look, the thing is, is that I think we've learned now over the years is that you can moan about like crap and, and DVOAs and all this type of lark. You don't know who you're going to come up against because the Steelers to us at the start of the season seemed like, oh Jesus, this is a, this going to be a hard one. You know, yeah, Saints looked tough. like it was going to yeah. be the easy one because you're thinking oh they're right out Drew Brees it's a well coached team but you know you look at um, Jameis Winston just banging the ball into triple quadruple coverage and he went on the next game to do just that so the analysis actually wasn't that far yeah. off but look at the teams there that are getting waxed I mean the Rams went in and I picked them and the ACA for the radio uh, to go in and do the business against the Cardinals because the Cardinals look potentially like they were sort of punching above their mm-hmm. weight. The Rams with Stafford and everything else looked absolutely bulletproof. They got pasted. You look at the Tennessee Titans, they got pasted. Uh, you know, the Giants yeah. get their first win. You know, you look at stuff like that and you're thinking, like, it can really go any way. We waxed the Lions and then the next week they went on and brought it um brought the fight to to I can't remember they're playing now. But you know, it's stuff like that, there are leg- you know, you can say in the moment, oh yeah well it's just the Lions like, but then they go and put a a serious performance down on paper now it can be for many different reasons and mm-hmm. there's more analysis there that we won't go into but it just goes to show you can only play who's in front of you so don't start moaning about the yep. fact of oh well they're a crap O-line of course there's no of course games and in fact the Packers as a team but they showed us that they get, they get rolled over on teams that they should go in and win yep. you know so, yeah, I'm happy.
0: No, it's it's frustrating, as, but I will say about Schneidman, he did make the point that can we just finally disregard every single result from week one because everything's been turned on its head. Yeah. Uh, so that was a bonkers week. I uh, completely agree that uh, this season in particular, the gap is, there is narrowing between teams that would turn you over you know, on a tuppence last year. It's not happening this year. There's teams out there fighting. I mean, look what the Jets did. Now, by the way, CBS... Don't, don't delay the first <laughs> quarter of the match just so we watch that bloody overtime. No one no. cares apart from people in New York no the amount
1: of torture memes that came out about people you know like the whole thing about like having their eyes held open to watch and stuff like that just
0: manky yeah. stuff if
1: there's like Game Pass worth is waiting in oh, gold if
0: you don't have to go oh, and sit down but there. that's what I will say about Game Pass What was fantastic basically the whole first quarter of the Packers game was ad free it was fantastic I was going oh my god I could get used to this I haven't bought a Hyundai yet
1: <laughs> yeah or or, or PP pills um, but look just to, it was a good <laughs> game obviously you know good performance is obviously paper over some cracks We know that But to say that we've lost So many key components Of this team And we're still performing A win in the NFL And this comes from Aaron Rodgers Not just some sort of Monday morning quarterbacks here a win in the NFL is is extremely hard to come by. No matter who you're playing, and we've seen divisional games, Daryl, before, haven't we, where, you know, these, these NFC North opponents were limping along and we were sort of salivating and going, yeah. you know, cho- let's chalk that up to a win and just get onto the hard games. And they're the games that we get waxed in. So to, to stack yeah, yeah. consecutive wins and consecutive high-scoring wins with different personnel, the Randall Cobbs and MVS is out and, you know, Devontae gets double-covered and then we utilise AJ Dillon. I think there was four... Uh, runs in a row in the fourth quarter and he was notching up five to six yards per run which was just absolutely sucking the clock dry Um, just you know incredible stuff and that's what we need to do it's that creativity it's the weapons that we have it's not perfect and we will get absolutely no. embarrassed and blown out at some point in this season unfortunately at the hands of someone that we don't expect but that's the sort of irregularity of the NFL but yeah, that's sport. at the minute yeah. I mean you know Matt LaFleur is every he's getting more confident every week, but he is just sort of saying to critics and to people saying that he has the personnel and all this type of stuff. Of course, he'd do it. Uh, he's sort of saying to them, "I'll find a way to win every week." And he is absolutely looking like a master stat, you know, strateg, strategist, yeah. statistician, um, and he's absolutely getting the job done with the pieces that he has because it would be so easy there for him to turn around and go, you know, we lost back, uh, we lost Jenkins. We don't have Jair now. We don't have MVS who was in at wide re- ride receiver number two who has that sort of stretch the field ability. Um, You know, and you'd look at that, all of those things and you'd look at, uh, by the way, Aaron Jones fumbles, and you'd easily try your hands up in the air and yeah, say yeah. that's why we're losing yeah. unfortunately but it's we're coming out with big, big time wins.
0: Yeah. Uh, I'm very happy and I'm enjoying it and that's the thing uh, after week one everyone was sort of wringing their hands going this can't be a portent of what's going to happen this season and they've turned it around and they're playing the way I would have expected them to play so I can't say any better than that and again they're not playing perfectly there's so much more room for improvement and that's and we know mm. there is and so let's just say when we, we've got to do a quick snaps oh, oh. yeah got to do a quick snaps oh. got the Bengals are you doing it are you doing it here comes the Bengals. Yeah, doing it. yeah, and what I will say about Cincinnati is I'm doing it, but please Cincinnati, please don't be a banana skin. All right? No. We'll do it properly on the quit snaps, but let's let's not have any of that nonsense.
1: Yeah, I mean another tough team, a team that sort of seemed like Arizona, I guess, in the sense that are they as good as we think they are? But mm. look, any of these things that we've mentioned, the injuries, um Aaron Rodgers' sort of missteps and uh you know, the refereeing decisions as well, like the whole picking up the flag and being tripped, we won't sort of go down that rabbit hole because Yeah. yeah that offsides thing was not an offside so we got away with that so again one of the things that goes in our favour but again
0: the officiating has been pretty dodgy though the officiating's been a bit dodgy all all across the NFL I don't think it's just Packers games to be honest
1: yeah swings and roundabouts I think sometimes the refs you know when they start sort of you know, focusing too much on certain areas like the taunting thing, they missed other things because it's not at the forefront of their mind and all this type of stuff. But how they can replay stuff and take it up when it was quite obviously a trip, but then how they can call that offsides when it wasn't, uh, that benefited us as well. Um, But look, any of these things that we mentioned, Aaron Rodgers sort of misfiring and not hitting people. And like he says, he owes MVS five touchdowns because of the amount of times that he missed them um, in the games prior to the Steelers game. You know, uh, Aaron Jones fumbling the ball uh, you know missed tackles stuff like that like that's the type and, and again look at the special teams play it's consistently leaking from the right side and um, you know you look at the the blocked field goal and then you look at how close mm. it has been on the field goals that have been made Daryl is a massive problem unlike uh, Ron Zuck used to sort of famously say look if you put something bad on tape expect to see you being challenged on it until you shore that thing up and if they don't that's exactly what's happened Uh, so if you look at that any of these things will against a better offence if Big Ben was hitting his his receivers well, then that would, you'd have to chalk that up to a loss with the Packers and we'd be scratching our heads going, how are they this bad? How are they letting this stuff by? But a win papers over all cracks and onwards and upwards we march.
0: Mm. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, it papers over all cracks, but importantly, it doesn't paper over them for the team. It doesn't paper over them for the floor. And yeah. they're basically going to be saying, we need to nail down on this, this and this, because let's face it, if it goes well, they don't look at it again. They might do it on their own phones to have a chuckle at home. Mm but they're not going to be looking at that stuff. They're going to be looking at all the stuff that went wrong. And let's face it, those kicks have been going very, very close to fingers for quite a while now, so they have to nail down that
1: one. They really do. And look, as as Ron Zuck says and as we Will say, It's the bad stuff, the stuff that we don't want to focus on and go, ah, it'll be fine, is the exact stuff that will be picked apart by the opposing team when they march into Lamborgh or or have them come to their stadium. So it's going to be the stuff that'll come back and bite us in the end, which is why when it goes really well for the Packers, it goes fantastic because we're absolutely firing. But when it goes bad, it goes bad
0: it goes yeah. very bad
1: so yeah. look that's um, all from us that's from me at Ddd NFL from you at Daryl J O'Brien and again go to youtube.com forward slash UK Packers if a motovlog vlog style uh, thing is your deal got some great feedback on it it's me whizzing around the Irish countryside on a motorbike talking all things Packers if you'd like more of that content do let me know um, and so of course you can follow me at the Paddy Packer on Instagram <laughs> Jesus Christ it's, it's unbelievable it's when it comes ridiculous. out of my when it comes out of my mouth I just can't out
0: of, out of your own mouth I'm so racist I,
1: like it almost the B button almost just goes off automatically Um, and of course oh, uh, follow himself at Tara Driver at the UK Parkers on the group accounts and we'll be back with the Bengals quick snaps well, oh, you doing it you doing it I'm doing it to myself it. oh Daryl Daryl <laughs> do it together uh, yeah so um, log back in to uh, us on any podcast feed and we'll be with you in a couple of days see you